Yo, yo. What's up, cuz? Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Wow, you sound good, dude. <laughs> you sound good too, bro. Ladies and gents, this is Andy Podcast, episode 12. You know, I started the podcast to definitely highlight hip-hop artists that I respect. Dang, your voice when... even sounds like, <laughs> when you're talking, you sound like you're rapping, bro. <laughs> what the heck? Oh. But, it's not, but it's not limited to that. I definitely. I wish I could sound hi- like that, dude. <laughs> I, sound, I sound bad on here, Nah, dude. you sound good, cuz. I really, you sound good. I, I nah, sound you like got shit. The per- shit, you're the one that's been on radio, too, man. You're good, you're good. Um... Ladies and gents, I, I definitely wanted to highlight mental health workers, social workers, and those who contribute to society. But but most important of all, man, I, I really wanted to give back to the people that I love, people who, who meant a lot to me and who have shaped day. So ladies wow. and gents, I've been rapping, you know, I've been rapping since I was uh, 10 years old. And every yeah. time that someone asked me how I was introduced to hip hop, I say the same answer. It was introduced to me by my cousins. <laughs> um, my cousins are DJs. I, I always have the same answer. And man, I am honored to have Held the legendary Oxnard, you know what I'm saying? The, a legendary Oxnard DJ, my own cousin, DJ Daryl, motherfucking D. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, what kind of founder of that intro? Founder hard, of unique, dude. I'm going to use that as a found- sample right now. <laughs> The founder of Unique Unique Styles, legendary hip hop uh, hip hop crew in the, in the Oxnard back in the late '80s, mid '90s, uh, a DJ crew, uh, putting it down, you know. And my roots in hip hop has to be traced back to that because if it wasn't for my cousins like uh, Daryl Jr. and Fred, I don't know where I would be, you know. Sometimes people come into your life and it just changes the trajectory of of where you go, you know. Damn. And he definitely he definitely evolved into a businessman though you know definitely had a, a business called bell one we're gonna get into that later and later on transitioned into a um, teaching audio engineer for the cerrito school district you know what i'm saying word and um i ask all my guests all the time uh the the, the origins of their family so i know i know the story because because we're family yeah. but for those who don't know how did you end up being born and raised in the Ox? So, my my dad, um, so way back, let's go deep. My dad was in the Navy. Before, I mean, even before that, my dad, I don't even know if I should say this. Everybody did it, but my dad lied about his age to get into the Navy. So instead of him mm-hmm. being, I think he was supposed to be 17, <laughs> but he was, bless you, he was actually 16 mm-hmm. or something like that. So he lied for a year. Uh, uh, he lied about his age by one year just to get into the Navy. Fuck. Yeah. And even before he went into the Navy, he already met my mom. So <laughs> this is when they were 17 years old. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, so so you read, uh-huh. he went in I'm the there. Navy, got into the Navy, joined the Navy. Uh, my mom was already... Um, engaged to somebody else but my dad after a few years came back from the navy to the philippines and said you're coming with me and he totally (laughs) swept her heart uh swept her off her feet and then took her to the states and then from the states because most there's a naval base in oxnard actually it's in port wainimi which is just i mean oxnard and port wainimi they're 
brother and sister. It's just there's there's no border. It's just along Pleasant Valley Road or whatever was that Channel Islands and Pleasant Valley? I don't know what it, what road it is. I should know, but there's a road that just divides it. So mm-hmm. we um, we were born on that base, Port Wyneme Naval Base. And you and Eric, yeah, me and Eric, and that was our home since <clears throat> our humble, hardcore humble the beginnings, dude. It's just to um, um, you know what's it's crazy because we never moved no more than three miles from where I was born. Mm-hmm, I went to mm-hmm, school mm-hmm. three miles away from where I was born. I uh, was, uh, you know, everything my whole life. My, my house was three miles from where I was born. We were situated around that base because the community was nice. It's still mm-hmm. it's still good good place to be, you know, to hang out and chill. And um, I don't know if I'd move back there. I love Oxnard, but everything's all out here in Cerritos now. So, but yeah, that's it. That's uh, how we got into Port Wainimi and Oxnard. And then, you know, we just went to school, claimed Oxnard, and Oxnard was our own. That's it chilled out and you had four three brothers growing up three brothers going up uh and um i started djing with my by myself and then my little brothers started seeing what i was doing or they would come when they got a little older they would come to the events and then that's how they got hooked so yeah so so cuz like i I don't want to skip over so yo so let's take it from no it's all good it's all good so elementary, where you at? Where'd you go? Oh, I went to. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta get a story about this. Yeah, yeah. So I went. Get it all to out. Elm School. It was the Elm right. School Pirates. So check this out. So when when as Filipinos, when you're young, <laughs> you you give you you give as much as you can to your family in the Philippines, and that's a big thing that Preach. I learned. Okay. You give, preach, preach. you give either clothes, money, anything, even if they're used clothes, you give it to them, okay? Because mm-hmm. we don't wear it anymore. Oh, what are you gonna do with this? Nothing. Okay, let's give it to your cousins in the Philippines. I, I was, it was like that <laughs> growing up. I swear yeah, it was yeah, like that. I love this. So we'd pack a box and send it, and that was, you know. So I had a, I had a shirt. I got this my first school shirt. My first school shirt. It was the Elm School Pirates. I remember it was like a deep yellow or something, like an old school yellow. You know that color back then? I don't even know what, it's like a mustard, yeah. mustard yeah, yeah. yellow or something. So maybe a little brighter than that. So um, I actually <laughs> had the opportunity to go to the Philippines and and right, visit right, my right. family because at the time uh-huh. I was dating a girl and she was in the Philippines and we went. To, I went to the Philippines. That's a, that's another story, but. Um, so <laughs> that's another we'll get to that later. Hold on. So okay. uh-huh. I get to I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Boyoys. Uh, this is what that's what I call him. Everybody calls him Marlon D, Strikey. <laughs> I call him Boyoy. Boyoy or Boyoy. So how do I call him? So Boyoy. And then old. if I don't refer to you in the first person <laughs> and we're talking about you it's boyoyoy. Not that we talk about you. It's just like, yo, is boyoyoy coming? Uh-huh. Even even uh-huh. all my my the little ones, they all call him Uncle Boyoy. Boyoyoy. So Aww, my my three so girls. Sweet. But um, that's so sweet. So I wa- I get there. I get to the to um, Boyoy's house, 
ring the doorbell, open the door. First thing I see. This is 1992. 93, 92, 93, 92. This is 92. Um, One year later. Peace out. No, just kidding. So I ring the doorbell, open the door, and there's Bioy. I think you were eight years old or seven. Eight. Eight, eight years old. 92, I was eight. And he's wearing my shirt. He's wearing that Elm, Elm School uh, that's, Pirates shirt. And that was a That's trip. golden, man. That, that's that golden. made me really believe. It took, that was, I was um, 20 years old. After maybe 15 years of like, do, or, you know, whatever, 15 years of knowing of doing this, bringing, putting clothes, sending clothes to the Philippines, I finally confirmed it by you standing in front of me wearing the t-shirt it was a trip it was the trippiest thing and i go damn <laughs> they actually do get our stuff and they wear it i was like oh man that was crazy but that 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 really humbled me it. a lot man to see you wearing that shirt bro right. i mean i think that's how really even if i didn't dj or you know i think that's how we would be connected as how we're connected now like our closeness mm-hmm. like honestly i'm really close to you mm-hmm. you're like my brother you're my brother mm-hmm. and guys everybody tuning in this is my big bro i had sisters growing up so Daryl yeah. and my cousins were like my so big bros but I, go ahead. I really connect to you because maybe because of that shirt dog like that's what i think that's the first time i ever right, met you right. you were shy you wow, never that- spoke so for you, okay, here's another thing. At eight years old in the Philippines, this guy probably didn't speak a lick of English, right? Maybe a little bit because he watched TV or something, but this guy never spoke. This guy was quiet. He's quiet like a mouse. He was like a little mouse, just right there in the corner, ready to explode when he comes to the United States of America. <laughs> oh, man, dude. So, um, oh my god, yeah, so no, no, so that's, I mean, I'm okay, just good, good, good. <laughs> that's the thing, is you, you never spoke. I love you. Your sisters always spoke. This is a classic Damn. episode, such hey, a classic remember, episode already, man. Wait, wait, wait I love it, remember man. that guy guys, these are that my... used to live <laughs> good, around good, the good. back? Good, who was it, that kid? <laughs> oh, he used in to my, get in, in the house, in my in house, or what? In, in, in yeah, the, in there the was a in the Philippines, they rented. They 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 rented. They rented. They rented like a. They they were yeah. renting the uh, the other side of the house. Remember? He was he was um, gay. I just remember that he was. They gay. were renting. He always gave me this look, man. <laughs> it was so funny. But after a while, I got used to it because oh my God, I actually Clark. stayed with Buyoy for maybe a week or so at his place. And the place that you lived in the Philippines mm-hmm. was Antipolo. It's literally called. For years, my family would yeah, say, oh, where? Antipolo, Antipolo. I'm like, hey, who's Antipolo? Like, I'm like, who's Antipolo? Like, everybody has an auntie, <laughs> so we have an Antipolo. I'm like, who's Antipolo? But what is Antipolo? Antipolo is a city. It's A-N-T-I-P-O-L-O or something like that. Antipolo. Yo, cuz, man. I knew it's this Antipolo. episode was going to be anyway, a riot. Okay, I'm sorry. I love it, man. And from, I knew... from Bioy, you know, the one thing that I remember about the no, place no, all... at your oh, place, God. at your house, was, okay, Preach. in the Philippines, right, right, when you right. take a shower, you tabo, meaning you, <laughs> you put the water over your, your, your head. You put a tub of water, like a, uh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you put it over your head. It's like a Filipino pe- shell, like a little 
like a bowl, like you're holding a bowl, and then you, that's how you. So, over at the Philippines, they don't. Not every house has hot water, including Buyois. Okay, so what they have downstairs <laughs> is this blue industrial jug, right? And there was fresh water yeah, in yeah, there, yeah. and that's what yeah. we used to tabo. That's what we used to take a bath. And you had mm-hmm. an electrical heater that stuck in there. I never knew how dangerous this was. So until I went to do my first bath, and it shocked me, bro. The water shocked me because <laughs> it was plugged into the wall. There was electricity in the water, and it was there was a heater that it was. I never yeah, knew yeah. how dangerous that was. Sorry, bro. Oh my god, yo. No, no, it's all good, ladies and gents. Like, I love this episode because you know, for the first episode, I said that I came from the Philippines and I came here when I was ten. And my cousin Daryl is definitely describing my yeah. life in the Philippines exactly right down to the T. And I'm so humbled that you remember my life story. And I like went to your my, elementary my school, bro, and I, really I come from. you know, these guys. This <laughs> is how disciplined these guys are, and this is why I know you have a disciplined. Personality, your your aura is disciplined. To be a DJ, you need discipline. To be a rapper, you need to be disciplined. To spit rhymes and write, you need to be you need to have discipline. Preach. So this is how I know this fucker has discipline. <laughs> I love you, cousin. You know, in the Philippines, uh-huh. we have brownouts. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. so brownouts mean they literally <laughs> they literally distribute Let's take it back. electricity all over the towns and you know what it was boyoy's time oh for brownout brownout time for boy yeah, yeah. but you know what these guys uh-huh, uh-huh. no phase light shut i'm like sitting there with these guys on the table where they're studying the light shut off and it's dark and then all they do is get a, a, a match. I'm not saying a lighter. They have a match and they light the candles in front of them. And that's it. Go back to work. It was quiet. It was just like, it was like uh, nothing. And I'm glad my cousin saying my childhood for, the, for you guys. To do so your dude. work. And that's how disciplined these guys were. Is they would still put their papers out. It was still out while they're, they just lit the candle and continued studying like it was no big deal. Amen. Thanks for, cousin. Thank you for reminding oh, me for all the times in the Philippines. I'm really humbled right now, and I feel yeah. like, wow, he's really known yep. me from the beginning, from the beginning, beginning. Okay. And well. so, so, cuz, so let's go back a little bit to the story. So, bam, you're you're growing up in the Ox, mid '80s. So you go to junior high. What I junior high Black you go to? Stock, I mean, I know, high, but tell the people what junior yep. high. See, represent. Went to rep- Black stock. Represent. Black represent. Stock represent to the fullest. Ice. So take me so cuz so take me from here. What what was your earliest recollections of hip hop? What did you hear first? What did you see first? What did you experience like? You know what? How were you introduced to hip hop, bro? Was the, it a I think song, the first video? thing that what really it, hooked me into hip hop was I had a family friend and we called him cousin Chris. Okay? Mm. And This is not mm, not mm, a lot of people mm, know mm. about this too much, but and I don't really ever tell this story because it's kind of it, like it. yes, it was one of this this time in our lives that we had this we we're close to this family and we just knew when we were young they were um, a family friend, so I always thought they were our cousins, 
because at that time it was so early in the game mm -hmm. of all the aunties and uncles migrating to the <laughs> Philippines <laughs> over here. So we didn't really have cousins like I say, oh, we're going to go to my mm -hmm. cousin's house. There was no cousins there. So these were like our cousins. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they weren't related. We just say yeah. close family friends that I thought they were our cousins. <clears throat> so they had, um, long story short, my auntie married a guy in the Philippines and they had a kid. Half mm -hmm. Filipino, <laughs> half black. Right. Okay. He, right. she divorced him, came down here. She lived in New York at the time. She and she was a nurse. She divorced him. So maybe she had mm -hmm. him young or something. She divorced him and moved here to the, uh, whatchamacallit, to, to Oxnard. At that time, they had a son. His name was Chris. We always called him Cousin Chris. Mm. Cousin Chris, cousin mm. Chris, half black, half Filipino. Mm, mm, mm. He was tall. When we when we first met him, he was kind of short. But I just remember when I was mm -hmm. 12, 11 or something like that. He was tall, and mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. he came from New York, he knew everything hip hop. Mm -hmm. So my this is mm -hmm. nineteen. What year is this, Daryl? What year is this? What year? Maybe 85, 84, Woo! 85, 84, 84 and for sure. And you're, and I'm like, and you're 12, 13, maybe you're 12, 14? you're 13, you're 12, 13, something like that. Um, 72, 82, yeah. 92, <coughs> so yeah. 82, 83, 84. It was an 84. So I was, I think I was 13. 12. I'm pretty sure I was 13. 13. Yeah. Cool. So this is like adolescence. All so, right, so you're in your adolescence. So what happens then? Would bring a bunch of like videotapes. We would listen to his music. Um, he would bring VHS tapes. He would bring cassette tapes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we would listen to it. And it was hip hop. Mm -hmm. It was straight up all hip hop. It was like <laughs> um, tight. Who was? Who was? You the, know what? One who song the first I remember, songs you remember is the first songs he, he was playing. That I remember, like nice. that song is one of the songs of, that I remember in the beginning, because he brought it down, and uh, when he brought it down, he brought his culture down with him. So he brought his actual clothes, and we <clears throat> would wear his. He would let us wear his bomber jackets. You, if you look, if you look back in the East Coast, the East Coast was the first people to wear bomber jackets that had fur in the back of them. Okay. And they were they were called bomber jackets. Yeah, yeah. One reason why I thought they were called bomber jackets is because graffiti artists would bomb the shit out of the back of that empty space on a bomber jacket, and they would they would yeah, uh, like yeah, yeah. graffiti. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 and he mad had hip hop, mad two hip -hop. bomber jackets that were made. And in fact, oh man, bro, he had two badass bomber jackets that were made. One was a jean jacket. And so one was a jean jacket, Woo! black jean jacket, and then they had That's two white shape. bombers, all bombed in the back. It was so dope. And he would let me wear those like to school. Mm -hmm. And dude, I used to get clowned. Nobody knew what was up over here. And they didn't know it. I used to get clowned. No, they didn't. Dude. <laughs> they didn't know what's up. They, it's, it was like, yeah. And you know, the, too ahead of its you time. know, the run, you know, 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 run, you know
I used to wear that, bro. Like '84, man. Run DMC, yeah, he used yeah, to yeah. let us wear his belts, and then you, you know, the laced out white shoes. On some hip hop shit. That and the way we would we would wear black jeans, dude. The hip hop culture in New York was the first of my first exposure of hip hop, and what was cool. And so what someone was cool. Is he, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. he brought this. Okay. The thing was, and the reason why he was so connected to hip hop, his dad was a paparazzi for hip hop in New York. So he went to all the concerts, and you know what he brought down? His dad recorded like those VHS tapes. Bro, I wish I still had it. It was a raw video behind the scenes with um, hip hop, like uh, Public Enemy. They were there. Um, it was it was a concert mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I think they held. In 1983, maybe or so, um, and it was he had all this wow. footage of all these hip hop artists behind the scenes because he was he was a uh, what you call it he was a uh, paparazzi. So that's how we got exposed to that hip hop side of you know early culture, like that type of hip hop. It was just shit, shit so, we liked. Yeah. So cuz. As far as the elements, right? So there's elements. There's b-boying, graffiti, DJing, MCing. What made you gravitate towards okay. DJing? What was that like? What was the inspiration so, behind that? Again, I think we have a distant cousin. Everything's got to be cousin related. It's weird. <laughs> That's how it is with Filipinos, right? Hey, you might be my cousin. Yo, I love... <laughs> hey, we. I think we might be cousins. <laughs> If I see somebody like we're, it, we're, we're just yeah. pretend we're at uh, Washington D.C., way out of our zone. <laughs> like, what's your name? Yeah, David. Yeah, we yeah, might yeah, be cousins. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, what was the question? Sorry. Okay, so, <laughs> so there's four elements in hip hop, and I know your homie was bringing bringing it back yeah. from New York to the Ox. So there's DJing, graffiti, right. b-boy, and MCing. <coughs> what made you gravitate to DJing? Um, I saw okay. I'll go. I'm sorry. <coughs> okay, so we have a, I think a long distant cousin, um, and she lived in West Covina at the time. She knew yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of the uh, like some OG uh, DJs back in the day, and one DJ crew was uh, Unique Technique. So they're like an OG. Uh, 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 from uh, where? They're from I think from, they're from West Coast. They're like from LA. Unique Technique dope. is a DJ crew dope, dope. that had it all. I mean, and uh-huh. I went to a party in West Covina and I was able to see them DJ. And my cousin, she also used to DJ and she was a girl. So I go, dang, I could do that. Daryl What's D. your DJ name? What's your DJ name? Oh, her name. I think no, it no, was. No, um, She wasn't big then. She was just one of those, just, I. I don't know, maybe just for fun, but it was, it was a flip beat. Yeah, FBI. yeah. That was that was their DJ crew. She didn't tight, have a DJ tight. name. Flip Beat Incorporated. Tight, tight. Tight. Uh, Where Coast. are they from? Flip beat. Let's go. Cool. Damn. So damn. So you got it. Got introduced. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. So you got introduced right, to that through, through right. your cousin, and I was girl in cousin. sixth grade, and then yeah, I was in sixth you were in grade. sixth grade. By seventh grade, I started scoping so, it out. I started going, "Oh shoot, this DJing, this is cool." Don't, and you know, I I watch okay. um, 
I'd listen to all the the especially um, uh, DJ Joe Cooley. I would listen to his scratches in the 80s, 82, 83. Um, you know, <clears throat> what's up? Go, go. What's, Sorry. Mm-hmm. What's what's going on in hip hop? What, what's going on in the ox? As far as hip hop goes, when you were in sixth, seventh grade, was there people yes. b-boying already? Was there people yes. tagging yep. it up? Yep, they were already. Yeah. There was a crew. So it's been around. There was, We've been yep. down. There was a We've Filipino down, crew yeah. in um, in Oxnard Woo. in College Estates. Uh, one was called Saba Fair. And, no, and, no, they and, were just breakdancers. They were breakdancers, break and then there was the right. other crew that still... was more popular than Saba Fair. Um, Oh man, that's the first time I ever heard. Um, uh, God, what song was that? I forgot now. Why am I forgetting that song? Oh man, I forgot the song. But I, that's the yeah, they're b boys, um, and they would I would watch them break. As far as the DJ side of it, I used to listen to um, mm-hmm. K Mix One Hundred Six. That was the DJ station to listen to. It was R ninety two point three the beat. Like back when when ninety two right, the beat was ox. more hip hop than it is now. Not saying the beat's bad. Right. I'm just saying in ninety ninety two point three the beat back in the late mid nineties and stuff was like a lot of hip hop. So, um, anyways, it was K Mix one hundred six, and there was some DJs on there. I can name mm-hmm. two DJs that I remember. I know Jay Scratch, who's still a DJ now, and he's a friend. Nice. I know him, and. Wow. Um, He's a really cool guy, very down to the roots of Oxnard. Like he puts it down. I, I gotta say, Jay Scratch oh, puts Jay it down Scratch. in Oxnard. Super OG. Mad respect. Mad That's respect. The OG. Mad respect. Yep. So oh, and then there was Word. Cedric Adams, right? Super OG. Mm-hmm. He was a DJ that mm-hmm. DJed all over a lot of the dances. And there was HT. Unfortunately, he passed away. Um, but he was he was Rest one of peace. the he brought it. HT brought it and he brought it to uh, what was he on Q105 I think I think it was 1047 or um, no he was on KMix 106 sorry HT the body rocker mm-hmm. KMix 106 no, look no. that up look him up on Facebook and look if you know what's up with Oxnard and you're young well not young like me but you were in those 80 eras when hip hop was starting HT was the one that brought it to the high schools and brought it to like really busted out with it in Oxnard. So, you know, um, yeah. And that's a lot of influence right? on me because then we would follow the music he would play or um, his style. I remember HT once seeing him at a school dance just one time before he passed away. So, yeah. Mad um, respect. But yeah. Mad respect. Um, I wait from the question what was it so go ahead go ahead <laughs> so <laughs> so so sixth grade seventh yeah grade dabbling in turntablism all right so eighth grade or even like so let's so eighth grade what you doing around eighth grade by the time you graduate black Sox, were you spinning in eighth, eighth grade, grade already? i was already spinning um but not not, wow. in, not with, um, <laughs> i was doing it in my like just in the in my house i would use i would use yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. One turntable and a tape deck, and mix two. That's how I started, like a one turntable and a tape deck. That's how I was like mixing 
and experimenting and beat matching. Um, sometimes I would use two tape decks because I didn't have two turntables. That's what I would do. And then by my freshman year is when I actually got my own turntables. And my own turntables were SLBD22s, Techniques. Those were my straight arm. Those were my first turntables. So, cu- mm-hmm. so cousin, what do you have to say to Uncle Jesse and Auntie Odette to get you to get your first oh. first pair of turntables? Oh, what do I, they I say? Like, hate, we're um, like, what? I'm thinking of getting into this. <laughs> I'm thinking of starting a job. I said starting a job. I didn't say starting a business. I said I'm thinking of starting a job, and I want to DJ. And there's these turntables what and a mixer. Say? That's what I need. I need that to. Yeah. Um, to to uh, play the music so how much is this going to cost $600 it cost me 600 bucks to get my uh-huh. first setup and that was two technique SLBD22s right and then the needles uh-huh. and then the slip mat and then the mixer i had a Newmark uh-huh. 1600 1650 mixer long one i wish Ooh. i still had it um, but yeah that was my first mixer I gave it to actually, you know who has it? Uh, Do you remember? You probably don't know Ralph Garcia. Ralph Garcia has my, um, and he still messes around. Like, if you want to interview somebody, OG, you need to, OG, you need to, to um, interview Ralph Garcia, bro. Like for real, dog. For real? Like, like for real. Like, I would even go. He's from the Ops. He yeah, he's OG. Where's he at? He's 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 out he's yeah, out there he, he's, out he's there right playing now. music he still he's making beats he's doing a bunch of stuff and he's like about my age so I think he's like tight, one tight, year tight, younger tight, than tight. me but we used to battle each other man in in garage parties we would scratch against each other all the time it was funny that was our connection we would battle what's his DJ uh, name I just no he didn't really have a DJ name. Ralph Garcia, maybe Ralphie right, G. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but he's cool. I mean, I still, <laughs> you know, connect with him, and he has a lot of inside of like he knows personally um, Joe Cooley. He knows them. He knows all those guys because he does. I think he does. Um, he does some sessions with these, these dudes. Not sure which one, um, but yeah. Anyway, nice. I, yeah. So, cause uh, you're in eighth grade. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So you're in eighth grade, and then so entering Channel Islands High School. At what point? Mm-hmm. So for all those listening right now, um, the, the 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 roots in Oxnard hip hop runs deep. Um, you know, like it's 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 a part of who I am. And if it wasn't for these guys paving the way for my cousins, I wouldn't have been influenced by my cousins. And uh, it just runs deep for me. So. At what point did you create unique styles? How did this happen? Who was in it? Mm. Who, how did you create unique styles? How did it um, go down? And who so was in it? I got my first turntables right, <laughs> um, set it up. Yeah, and then yeah. The first person in my crew was Juan Mondero. Uh-huh. Juan, and because uh-huh. we knew each other in, shouts to Juan. <laughs> we shouts knew to each Juan. other. Um, since our humble beginnings in the base the navy base we've known each other that long mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we went to different um same elementary i think i went I w- he was in six we were both in sixth grade but that's when we went to the same um 
junior high, eighth grade, by freshman year, I was already DJing and I said, yo, come over and let's, you, you know, you want to mix, you want to try to mix. And, and that's, he was the first guy, bedroom DJ style, two turntables on my um, drawer, uh, you know, my clothes drawer mm-hmm. and my closet. And mm-hmm. there was a mirror in front of it. So we would, it was a huge, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, this closet is so old. It was my parents' closet back in the day. And there was a huge, just straight mirror on it. So when we DJed, we can actually see ourselves DJing. You know, it was like right in front of our faces right. and stuff. So um, he was the first guy to, to, to come into our crew. And he was actually the first guy to name the actual, like he didn't name unique styles, but he had the USMCs. I remember USMCs, and then we right, just right, said, right, let's right. call ourselves Unique Styles Mixing Crew. So it was USMCs nice. back in the day, and then it just turned into Unique Styles. But it was always, back in the day, it was Unique Styles Mixing Crew, USMCs. So who who was in the original, so uh, was original me, squad? Juan, Bill, and Ronnie. So Juan Mondero, Billy Asprin, so and Ronnie Renante. Billy's um, Bill's son or brother is uh, Energon. You know Energon. You know Energon. Uh, who's that? <laughs> John um, Asprin. So he. Oh yeah, he yeah, raps yeah, yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he, you know, he does he does all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, we're done, we're done. Um, but yeah, he's that's his brother. That's his brother. Yeah. And he probably tight, got tight, into hip hop because at that time he he was watching his brother DJ. And after watching his brother DJ, he started DJ. And then after his DJ, he started rapping, rhyming, and you know, doing a lot of hip hop stuff. Like the culture. He's Matt like props, pretty props. deep in the culture. He teaches like a uh, like a hip hop um, class or something like that for kids, you know, like he kind of he teaches dope, that to dope. these kids, so he tells them about the origin out origins of the of the the hip hop. So, yeah. No, no. Shouts to mainframe. Shouts to mainframe. What up? Um. So. Okay. So now you guys are performing the DJ. Yeah. This is high school, right? Now you guys are rocking. This is what year is this? You, you enter freshman this is year. What year is this? When we actually got out there and started like our name started coming out was 1987 yep 1987 this is yep the high school it was 80 no 86 in the mix 87 yeah it was 87 was my freshman year i believe i think uh, so what was i gonna say nice. 87 was a freshman year and um so you guys are rock so you guys formed the the crew freshman year yes of high school Freshman year high school. So we formed the crew, <laughs> crew freshman year high school. And, um, Young motherfuckers. And we too. got our Young. gig. Our first gig was was a Filipino gig. Our Bro, I still have a picture of our first gig. Have you ever seen it? Oh, my God. No, you got to send that to me, you please. You got to send that to me. I have a picture of our first gig. And it was, of, of course... All right, we're all Filipino in this group, right? In this DJ group, it was a Filipino party. Okay, right. So, but it yeah, wasn't yeah, just yeah, yeah, Fil- yeah, there yeah. was like two thousand people there. 
at least 2000. Okay. That's for you. This is in Oxnard. This is the Oxnard. It was the, Ox- the Oxnard. Um, it was a Filipino club. Maybe Pangasinan or I don't know, something like that. It was a yeah, Filipino yeah, yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was their New Year's Eve party. We DJed the New Year's Eve party. Nice. So at that time, we didn't have. Yeah, it was dope. It was I mean, lit. It was like, whoa, they got a DJ for this senior citizen style family dance. party. But back then, yeah. the family parties were lit because it was just, they were huge. Like, especially these group. Because in Oxnard, it was so small back then. Break it down, break it down, break it down. That anybody that was coming from the Philippines, any groups or, you know, any, they would, they would break him down. They would um, start their groups and try to gather like people from cities. So um, Pangasinan, they would do that. They would grab. So I think this was a Pangasinan party. And that's like a province in the Philippines. So anybody that was coming from the Philippines, they try to group them all together. Like, oh, you're from Ilocos Norte, or you're from Pangasinan, oh, you're from where? Uh, they would have like these group associations. They would have the, and then they would have huge parties. They would have massive parties, and they would have, and they would have a lot and of there pretty girls there too. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because they would. <laughs> it was lit because they, was kid, a... they would come from all over the cities, LA. San Francisco, Cerritos, and stuff like that. Mad honeys, yeah. Mad honeys in the it was, place it was to cool. Be. So that's where our our, Mad fate, honeys in our the place first to be. party, our first uh, gig, and we used all house speakers and two house amps. So who was providing you to, as far as like your monitors and speakers? Who was providing that? Did you oh. guys? Did Auntie and no, Uncle, no, no. Uncle Jesse we buy that for you too? Our, we had to all. Okay, so the thing was, we all had to pitch in. Like the group, like if if I we needed speakers, yeah. we would use we would I think we what we would do is we would shuffle and go okay you we'd use your speakers one party we'd use your speakers one party we'd use your speak because we had we those we, we, these were our home okay, just imagine bro like you go like oh shit yeah. we, have, we have house speakers so the house speakers to the cabinets to the Sansui cabinets to the Kenwood you know home stereo systems that that's what we used all our parents home stereos to power up and have sound for our gigs it was home speakers also oh, you had home speakers at home to yeah practice with. i did i had home speakers we'd have to connect and, it to an amp and that just put it online turn it up boom that's it and Uncle Jess and Uncle Jesse just happened to have those. And it had nothing to do with you DJing. Like you guys just happened to have. We home had it. Anyway. Yeah, we had. Or the that, home was that something that we had a Sansui old school? Like it had a DVD player. Even you know, be- it had everything. Yeah. Even before you had to de- even before you had to we DJ, just, they, you guys just had it. Um, like, you guys just had it. Yeah. Or was it because you got? Or was it because no, no, you no, were no, DJing? No. We so just, so we, they bought. We, no, that's because we had it. We just had it, yeah. That was just, just the it. thing that all the Filipinos had was a good stereo system. <laughs> they all, all Filipinos had stereo systems in their house, dude. Keep Kidding me, me, dude? Keep si- me shiny silver I love stereo it. system. Kenwood, dude. Ladies and gents, and I'm going to tell you guys something, ladies and gentlemen. Like Every time I've interviewed someone from the Ox and they ask him how they ended up in Oxnard, the answer was always the same, especially if they were Filipino. The answer was the same. My dad yep. was in the Navy. 
and that's really deep to me like i've interviewed like three four people this past week come from someone that i grew up with in the ox even though i know the story the you know the viewers don't know so it's always the same answer yeah. my dad was in the navy so it's just it's just a testament of like filipinos have yeah served this tons country, of us you know? tons of um, them <clears throat> and um, shout out to the moms so, too man that so, were the ones that stayed home <laughs> Shouts to all, all the moms that had to hold it down, you know? What's so, cuz, um, you're you're in high school, rocking all throughout four years, man. What's going on through your head, dog? Describe the part. Yo, I, I interviewed Eric last night. He mentioned to me about the Cypress Hill. There was a Cypress Hill show in Oxnard. Oh, okay, wait. Talk about that. Okay, so, we... No, it was... Was high school? It, it was... Were you in the, were you in high school when I you was did that show with Cypress Hill? No, no, no. I was. It was '92 when I did that. 1992. So um, in college, in college or high school? Like um, I was only, but I was only 20. Nice. Well, yeah, college, 20. So nice. Cypress Hill wasn't anything back then yet. They were big. They had funky. Um, I'm the real one. The funky feel. They they had a funky feel one. Um, um, but they were not as popular mm-hmm. as they were like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, or they're still popular now, but you know, um, when they first came out, it was weird, bro. Like, I don't know why. I don't think anybody was used to that music yet. Maybe, I don't know what it was, but I met up with this dude when I was going to Ventura college and we started talking about Mm -hmm. music and he started talking about like hip hop and, then we talked about it and um he had some connections with a few uh producers and he was able to get uh what was the crew it was cypress hill and um oh god slipped my head so anyway cypress hill was the headline they promoted Mm -hmm. it they put it on the radio dude maybe a hundred 92 this is 100 people showed up maybe mm-hmm. that was it nope, uh-huh, nobody uh-huh. knew anything really too much about it and wasn't Crazy that many people shit. um but yeah so we did their we did the audio uh we dj'd the um halftime you know and in between but there wasn't a lot of people there it was weird because mm-hmm. i don't know I don't, I don't know what was up it was a small concert I have so, video of it. I still have so video. Cut, I just got to look right. at it. Have it on my stash. So, cousin, at, at this point, you're DJing all around town. You're DJing Oxnard. You're DJing out of town. You're DJing parties. Well, like, you, know you know what? Like, the thing, like you guys are Yeah, we were DJing there, right? like, a lot of house parties. We DJed high school parties or high school dances. Um, we weren't, we were really isolated in Oxnard. That was literally, you know, back then, because, you know, nobody, my friends didn't have cars or anything like that. So any house party was a dope party. We had house parties mm-hmm. galore mm-hmm. in Oxnard back in the day. Nice. When it was oh, chill. Oh, actually. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad, but nobody it was, was tripping. It was, it was a lot safer back then for some reason. Um, we would just have mass house. house there would be house parties in College Estate, Sea Breeze, Lemonwood. Um, we'd have house parties everywhere. And we DJ'd a ton of the house parties. We DJ'd all the house parties, dude. Nice. You know, it was fun. 
Nice. Hell that was yeah. the best thing was the house party. Now, I as far as get that, that's where we would. And the Fridays before we would go to, uh, to we would DJ the house parties. Um, we would go shopping for records, man. We'd go to Salzer's, the warehouse, Sam Goody's or whatever record store was there that we can find. We Salzer's was the number one record store that we would go buy records. at, And Salzer's is still there. Yes. Dude. Yo, oh, the really? Died, when? Bro. Yeah, dude. Uh, fuck. Sometime, sometime <gasps> this year. Yeah, oh, I forgot man, his name, but I, I remember. I know, man. That was the first record store that carried my my first album when it came out. So I was really like fucked up about that too. Like, wow. damn, dude. Um, yeah, that was the spot. That's the spot where I know, we right? buy the records. Although that was like the main spot, and we got, and we got a discount because they, got, so, they had our business mm-hmm. card there. You get a discount. So around, so around what year? Around how old were you when you started going out of town to do some shit out of town, spinning out of town? Like when was that, that was, era? What year that was, was that? when I was like nine. Gigs nine. outside the ox. That's the real test, right? Gigs. I think outside that's when I was ox. nineteen. You know? I was 19 <laughs> and I did um, the prime, I didn't prime do time. I didn't prime do a lot of clubs I, d- I did more clubs in 93 92 93 94 because one of my friends is DJ Icy Ice and we met him what up Ice a long what up, time Ice? ago uh, in 90 mm-hmm. probably 91 92 is when we met Icy Ice mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm, Shout mm-hmm, out to mm-hmm. Ice. I think we met him then. What up, DJ? Uh, well, yeah, we met him during that time, and he actually hooked us up to do a few gigs in uh, with him and his crew, Geek Styles. Uh, and, and what's the name uh, of his crew? What's the name of his crew? It was back then? Uh, Legend Entertainment. Tight. Legend. Icy Ice. Tight. Watch Icy Ice on Twitch. If history. You can. History. Twitch.com. I think it's Twitch.tv. DJ Icy Ice. Yeah, still doing yeah, it. Man. Still doing Super it. OG. Still doing but, it. But yeah, um, so that bam. So you're DJing uh, shows out of town. So take me there, cause like you're going to college. You're also DJing. What's the game plan at 19 out of out of Channel Islands High School? Like, what's going on in your mind out of CI? Are you, you know trying what? to get out of the ops? Or trying I never. To stay in I the never. Ops? Yeah, I never what thought about leaving the ops. I never thought about leaving. I just thought about trying to go to college get a good education and go you know wherever it takes me i didn't i you know what i wanted to be at that time was an audio engineer so that's what made me want to say i want to be an audio engineer but back then they didn't have audio engineering classes or um not that i it was not like something that you would see on a roster uh for um enrollment and stuff there was no audio engineer um and i wanted to go to a place called cal poly they probably had engineering um i don't just don't they didn't mm-hmm. uh, they didn't have any offering for audio engineer so i just took it upon myself and learned a little bit more about it at um ventura college and they had some right. audio classes um it was really cool because we were doing stuff on eight track um, we were doing stuff on reel to reels, learning like the OG sound, OG, like how sound is made. It was really nice, and that really pushed me more to, mm-hmm. to wanting to to DJ. Um, 
And then, you know, during the time just chilling out here in Oxnard going to college, we just had gigs. We would do we would do parties. Yeah. Yeah. Rocking. We just rocked rockin', the house parties. Rocking. Rockin'. <laughs> couple clubs. Um, but rockin'. yeah, that was it too. That's how we did it. So cuz you you started young. So by the time you were 19, you were still young, but already becoming a veteran and DJing. Like you started young at 19, still prime time, you know? And then what's the game plan? So you're in Ventura College, you finished the audio program. No, it was a, it wasn't a program. program. It was then just I took classes. So you took those classes, then what was next? You were rocking oh, out, like, you know, Ox House parties, I rocking actually ended What was up next in the after that? That's 19. when I went 20. That, 20. Amen. I, I Let's ended take up it with there. the Philippines. Okay, so the perfect, <laughs> perfect segue, perfect segue. All right, cool. So you go to the Philippines, bro, 20 years old. That's when I first met Daryl, guys. I was eight years old, still living in the Philippines. So you go to the Philippines. What was your experience there as far as DJing? Let's talk you know about what? that. Because I know you, ha- you did some radio yeah. shows, right? So, so this- I was one of, again, mm-hmm. my auntie had connections to the radio station at GMA. There was a radio. So a lot of the Sick. radio stations are held at GMA. And one of the radio Sick, stations bro. that I got connected with was um, 97.1 WLS Campus Radio. I remember that. I remember that dude and um nice i was nice i got to dj on the radio there um it, it was just you know it was really cool to be able to be there and i got interviewed actually on the radio there and it was cool when they interviewed tight, and, tight. you know what's crazy is one of our cousins had an audio cassette tape of it and i don't even know where that's at anymore tight. but anyway um yeah, I was able to DJ on the radio station, and then I actually was able to go on their um, campus tour in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the Philippines, I went on their campus tour. So that's basically there was different university parties every week, and we went to those. Mm-hmm. And the one one of these campus parties that we went to was oh god, what is it? It's not, uh, I think it was FEU or something, Far Eastern University, or was it, name me a, we were, it, so in the Philippines, it's called the uh, the university belt, the U belt. And there's just universities down this mm-hmm. one long road. And we would uh, go to these universities. And I, I can't remember which one, it was probably, um, Oh man, I forget which one, but they had so many people there DJing. I mean DJing, uh, just at the parties, at the, inside the gyms. Man, it was packed. All I would see is a sea of people, a thousand people, easy in the gym dancing. It was crazy. Yeah, that was probably a, one of the dopest experiences I've had watching this and then being able to spin. So, it was dope, man. Just watching that stuff. Are you there? Where so oh no it's yeah I'm here you, can you hear me yeah you're cutting out in and out a little Dale, can you hear me you're good I can hear you can you hear me now word up word up so Daryl at what point did you move to Long Beach or what year did you really move oh, out of Austin? it was nineteen what year was this it was ninety two when I moved yeah I moved out ninety two ninety two you moved um, out ninety two a couple months and 
Mm-hmm. And I don't want to skip to the story, but you you definitely you definitely knew DJ Babu and you oh, yeah. definitely knew Madlib in your younger days. Like yeah. how was how was that like meeting DJ Babu? No, we went Babu to school together. Meeting it Madlib. was um like, so was... Madlib. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otis. Yeah. He uh we went to high school together and he played the trumpet. Um I played the trumpet and we sat next to each other and you know I sucked that trumpet. I think he sucked too. Um, so from that, we went to um, we went to percussion. So we played the drums. Um, he would play the snare, and I would play nice. the snare. But I was on the, you know, we were all. And then he he played the cymbals. So he played the cymbals, the snare. I played the snare. Right. Um, and I think he even did the bass drum. I think he played right, the bass right, drum. Right, right, right. I remember he was always. He would always have a smile and he would always laugh. That's what I remember. But he never really spoke a lot. Yeah. He was very humble and quiet. He was really quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing I can remember about Otis. Just, he was quiet. Yeah. He was chill. Super chill. You think he's chill then? That's how he was. He was probably he's chill like how he is. He was chill. Yeah. yeah. Like that. That's how that was personality. <laughs> now yeah, where did you? I think DJ Babu, Babu was where, around how, because um, he DJ was uh, he was a DJ, and then we knew him because we were like rival DJ groups. That's basically it. And then we would rock parties, and right, right, right. he would be at a couple parties, and we'd be at his parties or his clubs, like the clubs. He did a lot of stuff in Camarillo slash Simi Valley. I think he did stuff like that with his crew, and I forget the name of his DJ yeah. crew. But um, yeah, he had a DJ crew way back in the day. Um, Otis Hi. had his crew when he started learning more about hip hop and crazy how he started rhyming. By the time he was in junior senior year, because I didn't see that in him, <laughs> I didn't know he was going to start rapping. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, Otis used to come over to the pad too, and we would listen to music, try to DJ. So he would bring his records, and I would listen to it. Um, he had a different vibe, like he had a different style than me. We had two different styles, and the style that he had then is yeah, like yeah, what yeah. it is now. I think his dad was like a lot into jazz, so he yeah. had this he had this yeah. dope, chill style, like a real beat, heavy beat hip hop style. That was him. Yeah, when I when he would play records, it would be like, Sick. "Whoa, what is that?" Like I didn't, wouldn't even know. I remember one record that he brought over, and it was just beats. It had a blue label on it, and it had OJ on it, Otis Jackson. And I think I have a couple of his records Sick. still that he brought over. Like he would bring a bunch, and he, I think he would leave it because I'd say, "Can you just can, we, can I use this?" I would use it, so I think I got a couple. I'm not sure. I got to check my crates. But Otis is, yeah. I still have. We still have crates. <laughs> um, no, no. It's Otis funny Slip. how you guys call him Madlib. Yeah, I didn't Slip. know he was Madlib. I didn't. I didn't know that for a while. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the story with Otis. He's super chill. Super dope. dope. Um. Now. As- as far I met as like Q-Bert, Q-Bert. Um, did you ever meet like Q-Bert in, in the scene back in the day? 
I went to I went to um to uh, Frisco to a gig a long time ago in 1988 and I was with my cousin Jimbo and I wow. actually Jimbo didn't come with me but I went with the next door friend and we went to a DJ battle in San Jose and we watched DJ Cubert, Jazzy Jim um, oh man Mixmaster Mike um, I remember I just remember Jazzy Jim DJ Cubert, and Mixmaster Mike standing in front of them and that's the first time I ever met him you know I didn't yeah. meet him like we hung out or anything. We just, I just met him shook his hand because he was just one of those DJs same age as me dope so cuz you go to Long Beach you move to Long Beach and oh. what's, what happens then what, what how old were you when you moved to, to LB God, you know what's crazy what was the plan within those in four Long years Beach? each Oh, no, no, no. Of course. This one Thanks for sharing, you. by the um, way. It's your podcast, bro. <laughs> so it's weird because those uh-huh. years, 92, 93, 94, were moves. It felt like such a long lifespan because so much happened within those years. So much. It's crazy how much things happened right, back right, then. Right, right, You're right, able to right. absorb it in a different way than it is now. I guess that's what happens when you get older, man. It's true. Right. I, I can tell you that right now. It's a trip. It's, uh, Guys, you know what Daryl is for me? You know how to all the Philippines, everybody listening. Yo, to everybody listening, man, we all got that one cool cousin that you look up to you know what i'm saying we all got wow. that one and that was daryl for me and especially looking up looking up to him and and junior and uh my cousin fred even eric i interviewed eric yesterday man he gave me such a great interview too like um looking up to you guys as djs right it influenced me to pick up the mic you know like it, i was like man i know i can't do what they're doing but what they're playing is definitely taking shape in my life, in my head. Like a young Filipino cat from the Philippines coming to the Philippines in 1995. And I, you know, I met Daryl in the Philippines prior, but when me and my sisters came from the Philippines, that's when I met my cousin right. that lives in the United States. Um, so it was, a, it was a culture shock for me, but I love my cousins for, for taking my family in, taking my siblings in. And, and showing kindness all the time you, to me and my family. I love you guys for that. And yeah. um, much love, man. And um, it's mm-hmm. it's like this. So 1995, bam. What are you doing in 95? 90, like, so 95. Like 95, what's going on with you? Like, actually, prior to 95, 94, we're already in, um, we're migrating. Yeah, we've migrated. Long Beach. Me and the brothers migrated to Long Beach. Why? By 90. Bro, by 93, yes. so what we are migrated you? to Long Beach, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. It was because of nursing. <laughs> yeah, I went to mm-hmm. nursing so you, school. So you went yep. to nursing school, right? It's an LBN which, program which pro, at Long which Beach school City what College. Pro, what? It was cool. Nice. It was, How was uh, that experience for it you? Was, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, it, I think that's where I really experienced true college style life because I actually lived with college other college students um, you know we had roommates we were at before we even yeah, before yeah before I remember that, the house we were living I remember in this, the crib in this spot we called shack in the back 
in Long Beach, and that was on the on the west side of Long yeah, Beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, near uh, what is it? We're like near Wilmington, uh, Willow, and um, we we're on Willow and Santa Fe. That's where we were on the west side in '93. So that is dope because, I mean, just during that time is when Snoop Dogg was coming out. You know, 93, 92, 93 was, was when he was really big. Yeah, yeah. And we would go shop yeah, at yeah, VIP yeah. Records in Long Beach before they took that down. That was right next to our college. Mm-hmm. That was near us. It was right down the street from us, man. VIP Records. I can't believe they took that down. Damn. Such an icon, man. Damn. It's, I don't understand I why know, they took right? it down. Fuck. Sucks. So 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 Snoop was popping 93 94 Snoop's popping you're in Long Beach taking um you're in the you're in nursing program I think How I was many there years for 2 years I did it for 2 years And then um and what was the next uh, well step I after so that? during the program I was actually working in the ER and I worked in the ER at community right, right. um then I got my brother a job there, and then I, I got Jesse a job there, and I got Frederick, uh, uh, um, Eric a job there. So we worked, we all worked in the ER. And right, right, right. God, I was there for how many years were you there, Daryl? Seven years, maybe. Um, 94 to 95, wow. six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Yeah, about seven, eight years, seven and a half years. And, I worked. And what was ER. your job description there? I worked as a, um, I was Man. the the EMT there on the in the ER, even though I went to LVN school. Nice. But then I didn't get my LVN license at that time. So, but I stayed in the ER. And right, right, right. I loved it there. It was so dope, man. It was seeing all this crazy. I worked nights in the ER, man. And that's when all the crazy stuff would come out in in Long Beach. So, you know, freaks come out. Dude. So yeah, that was that was in Long Beach. That was that was life. So why did you? Mm-hmm. So Daryl, so what made you leave the company after eight years? What was happening then? What made you? What made you stop um, the ER? The what was the turning point? Actually closed, and then the biggest turning point was uh-huh. I got. I started dating Jen, my wife now. <laughs> nice. And what up, she, what up, Jen? What um, up, Jenny? I got her pregnant. She got pregnant before we even got married. So this was nine, <laughs> 2000 in 2000. We started dating in 96 and then, no, 90, and, when did we start dating? We started dating in 1997. By 2000, we had our first baby and... Yeah, and then and then the hospital closed down. And then I said, closed down. "Oh shit! I don't want to be like so. I, I uh-huh. this is like I don't want to do this. That's what made me go back to school. Yeah. So you went back to school. So so hold on, cause so the hospital closed down. Is she pregnant? Yep. Yet? And she just finished her LVN. And then. So she just got her LVN license actually during that time. And what was your next plan? So damn, you got a baby on the way. You know the hospital closed down. You know, the what was your was what was going on in your head? The hospital. I always did. 
I still did things on the side. Um, I just didn't have it in me to really want to be a nurse. I didn't think that was going to be my career, honestly. I thought there was something else. And they even told me in, in the hospital, like, yeah, you got to be doing something else than this, you know? So I went back to school and I went to DeVry. And, um, I, and what was so the program, the program took me three years. It was a bachelor's degree in information systems. So everything that you're doing now on computers and stuff, that's what yes. I should have been doing like in 2004. I, you know, if I, I, it's crazy. I wonder if, if I would have kept that line of work. It, I wonder how it would have been. It would be different. But anyway, yeah. So I got a bachelor's degree in business information systems. That's what you can get over there. And um, I started working. But at that time, I started my company called Bell One. And that was like a racing. I got into racing cars um, and that whole uh, life of... um, whatchamacallit uh, the import scene I guess you can say during the Fast and Furious days um, yeah. we were our, uh, I made up the company named it after my daughter Isabel and she <laughs> she um, what up Isabel it, it, the company was based on Motorola two way radios that's what it was based on and because it was based on radios we segued it to concentrate on a niche which was racing and we concentrated on at the time what was huge was drag racing import drag racing so we were there during almost like the beginnings of when it got popular um which was in 90 not 90 um the import drag racing scene kicked off in like 2000 2001 maybe a little earlier but when it got really hyped was yeah to during the Fast and Furious 2000 when did that come out 2001 2002 2003-ish like that 2002 2003 so it was really popular then Um, and then our friends uh, that we were doing business with started this um, American drifting series called Formula Drift and then we became partners with them as far as doing the radios Mm -hmm. And then we started doing the audio because um, they needed loud because they were catering to like 5,000, 6,000 highest is like 20,000 people. And we provided their audio and we would DJ at every single event. We'd Good DJ. shit. We'd be cousin. the DJs. Yep. Frederick would be the DJ. Frederick would Good play hip hop. We'd play it all like major hip hop during during those times. We'd play like, I don't, I don't know if you remember um, Blue. Remember Blue? We play his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always yeah. play Hell Dilla yeah. all the time. We busted out so much Dilla at these events. We filled their ears with dope music. Frederick DJed. He led. So Frederick was the main it's DJ of Bell One. He DJed most of the the parties, and I emceed it, or in the parties, all the events, and I emceed the events. So. I would MC like Fred. the what up, small parts of it. I wasn't the highlight MC. I was the all right. I was the all right guys. Make sure you guys sign this and sign that and go visit our our popcorn. Set. You know, I, I I was the MC during that. But those those events were lit, man. You've been to one, right? 
You do a good God, job. I can't believe you only yes, vintage yes. like a couple. Mm-hmm. Gotta go. To, I wish you went to all of them. Because that's where we would make, we would we created know, the man. vibe at those drifting events. I'm gonna tell you that straight up. We created the vibe. We created like the 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 like the music Amen. we played. Everything we played there, we created that vibe at those events, and we always had the music. We played it right. Frederick knew he had a good playlist, dude. We there will never be any music <coughs> that you hear at a Formula Drift event like what we did back then, because we don't even do it anymore. And you know what, guys, this is a perfect segue for me to talk about my cousin Fred. So if I can really take it back to day one. You know, Fred produced my very first demo with my hip hop group back in <laughs> high school called Salty, Salty Peanuts. Peanuts. And um, Fred, Fred produced maybe like five, seven joints out of that 12 songs. And Frederick also what? designed my first he album did? cover, my cousin. Yeah, Fred, Fred designed the oh front and the back cover of my first album. That's and, crazy. Um, and I, I'm forever thankful for... And like, you know, Fred gave me my first tape of a, a the firm with a cassette deck and it was packaged like a cigarette box. Every time, every you know, when holidays came around, he would give me a hip hop album that always meant a lot to me, man. It was all I had growing up, man, music, you know what I'm saying? And um, so, so Daryl, see, I like how the story is shaping. Like, it's like, no matter what she did, you kind of always went Here, back to let, hip-hop. Let me tell like, you Even this. if you were doing a me, communication yeah. uh, for, you know, racing. You know what I'm saying? No like, it goes back to hip-hop did, all the time. No matter what I did, right? I always go back to my turntables. Right? I always went back to my turntables, bro. And you know <laughs> I what? Love... I just set up my setup. It, my turntables yeah. are all set up right now. It's been set up because I DJ on Twitch. And it's dope yeah. and fun. Well, okay. Oh. Plug your Twitch. What's your Twitch it's, website, uh, cuz? What is it? Um, DJ. <laughs> I'm faded, dude, right now. I'm faded. <laughs> Took an edible dog. Faded. <laughs> Sorry. Cuz. So, Here, it's right, Twitch. We'll, we'll, get back Twitch to we'll, we'll plug in the Twitch. DJ we'll talk about style. it on Twitch. I kept the name. Twitch.tv. DJ Unique Style. That's how they do it. I dope, 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 dope. Um, so what, what, what days do you spend? What you know days what? Hours it, I'm, do you spend? I, I do because I haven't really um, figured out a schedule because of work. Um, so it, it's random. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna come up tomorrow around five o'clock. Mm-hmm. I usually wait for my friend uh, to DJ, DJ, nice. DJ, uh, DJ, yeah, DJ EJ. Shout out to DJ EJ. Follow him too on Twitch.tv. DJ EJ. Uh, but he's a dope mm-hmm. DJ, and he what he will do is I'll will nice, um, nice. do back like he'll DJ after um, his set's done. I'll DJ. So I still go back to the turntables, bro. Nice, that's the DJ. Mm-hmm. So so, cuz let's take it back to the story, right? Oh my god! So you did Bell One for how many years? I did it two thousand. I'd say seventeen years. That's a big ass chapter. That was my business. It's like your life's in chapter, right? 
it was like eight years of uh, mm-hmm. working in the ER, and then that chapter ended. Then you went to Dubai. Then the next chapter was Belmont. Right. That's seventeen years. In that's between cha- those that's, years, that's, I had that's three a chapter kids, right there. That's a chapter. Got married. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. You became a father. Up. Became a father. Became a husband. So, mm-hmm. so, cause what was the turning point that made you want to walk um, away from the business? You know what? It was. It was when um, my mom passed away. Hey. Go. Hey, cause, cause. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, yeah. sorry. I can. I can hear Isabel. Yeah. Can you go somewhere real? I just live. <laughs> I love. I love her. But hold up, we're talking. Um, we're getting something good right it now. It was. So, cause. So what made you, what made really you walk away from the business? There was a lot of factors. Um, biggest factor was my mom passing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Rest in peace until your so dad. That I was love you forever. Biggest until factor was her. Um, then uh, um, after that, it's it started like... I just didn't have it in me anymore. I don't know why, man. It was a trip. It just... Everything I was doing was not to par like you know it wasn't me anymore i wasn't into it um i think that affected me was when she passed away it did no doubt so but um that was the biggest factor if i was gonna name one i'm just gonna say that that was it so um you know it just i had to move on i had the kids i had to work so but getting a job when you're Applying for a job at 45, bro, 46, was not easy. It's, you know, you're leaving your own. It's like you're dropping everything, your business and stuff, and then you got to move on. What are you going to move to when all you know is audio, visual, video, you know, any anything within that event planning? There are a lot of companies out there, and I wanted to work for one big mm-hmm. one with obviously Disney, but it was hard to get into Disney. So, um, I, what I did, I think during the time that, um, I wasn't, I, there was a, 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 maybe a six month period where I wasn't working. I was just doing like side jobs, not side jobs, but mm-hmm. gigs. Like I, I was hired by, mm-hmm, I get mm-hmm. hired, um, as a subcontractor and then work gigs. That's what I did a lot. So that helped pay a lot of the bills. Um, and, uh, because me mm-hmm. and Jen, um, we used to do a lot for the school and we still do. We're part of the PTA, you know, I mean, that's what happens when you become a dad, you, your life changes. You become part, I became part of PTA, became their foundation, um, fundraiser. I handled that program for, um, the group for the foundation and for the PTA. So I, I, me and my wife run that me and Jen run that so we've been doing that for about geez 10 years now a lot of that for 10 years um, and then we got so involved with the school that I actually got a job working at my daughter's high school's auditorium in doing the audio engineering so and it's one of those state-of-the-art ones it's a new one awesome it's a did you ever go to one of her their dances or anything Isabel, either one of them. Uh, Isabel or Christine? I think you did. Uh, I know there is one that I you think. probably went to, but it's I their believe. high school. They, they were they had they got yeah. a brand new high school, um, state of the art like uh, what is it called? 
Multimedia Arts Center. And I run that when it went before COVID. Like we were the last event. We had one event and it was in March. I think it was right before the school, they shut all the schools down. We had our last event there and it was a Filipino event. Um, So which was cool. It was their annual uh, Club Kaibigan Filipino Cultural Night. So the girls dance and I, so I ran that place and I um, would do the lighting and mic everybody up and run the board. That was my job. So did that and I'm still doing that when they reopen, but uh, because we were doing a lot of the stuff for the school district, we got recognized by the school district and they gave me and Jen an award because <laughs> we're parents, you know, that's what parents do. So they gave nice, us an award, nice. and then after that award, um, I got a job offer at the school district to become. I never thought I was going to be teaching. Job, I never thought I would guys. ever want to teach or ever think about teaching. That wasn't something I thought about, bro. Like <laughs> they said, "Hey, yeah, we want yeah. you to um, come work with us at the school district," and I went, "Oh, okay, yeah." Tell you know what? She's tell they're telling. Um, they're telling Jen, like, tell him to to really think about it because we really co- lo- love to have him join us at our district. So um, I was wondering, like, okay, what am I going to do? Job, that? Gonna do guys, event planning, run the job. audio, visual department. What the, what am I going to do at the school district? <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So then they Everything, said um, they, we had a meeting. Everything. I thought about it about a month later. Went to a meeting and they said, yeah, um, what do you think you'd like to teach? And I go, huh? teach what are you talking about teaching yeah we we want we want you to become one of our teachers <laughs> and um teach audio visual to the kids and i went huh and that was it then i started my pathway to become a teacher so this is this is my year. okay so this, this is, is my second, year, second right? year at the school district but my first year teaching officially because my my first year last year was I had a co-teacher. The co-teacher did all the grading, handled all the paperwork and stuff like that. Okay, she helped me with that. She was tutoring or showing me how that mm-hmm. stuff works. Then um, I would teach the class or she would help me teach and mm-hmm. I, I would teach and then she would just give me tips like, okay, make sure you do this. And so I'm still in school right now to finish my credentialing for teaching because that takes two years to do your credentialing a year and a half two years or something so Mm -hmm. I'm going to UC Riverside for that so Mm -hmm. um, they uh, my first year was I had a co-teacher and then showed me the ropes you know and I literally taught video editing and broadcasting Mm -hmm. it's called uh, broadcast uh, managerial broadcasting film and managerial broadcasting for mm-hmm. something like that. So I teach a program called the CTE program. So that's career tech, uh, career technical education. So we teach these kids. Right, and, right, right, okay, right. So here's uh, the kids that I teach. I teach at a continuation school. This school is different than your normal right. high school here. Okay, this is the school that we get the moms that are mm-hmm. pregnant or gonna be having a baby or already have a baby. Am I saying this right? I'm not sure. Like I have a couple moms in my class 
Mm-hmm. And um, like I have one mom right now, she's not feeling that great. And she would send us emails like, I don't think I'm going to be able to log into class because um, I'm feeling really sick. I think she just had her baby. Um, and then I have one where they're like, you know, we have to share the hours of watching our baby. So I can't log in today. You know, I get excuses like that. Um, those are the those are the type of excuses I get right, 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 in right, school. Right. So it's different than your normal. So we right. teach people that are trying to catch up with their credits. Um, so they have to send them to our school. Again, we teach young moms, young parents. We have a program at our school for that. So I teach this program to these kids and they're ninth grade. Oh, wait, 10, 11th and 12th grade. So some kids usually in ninth grade, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. start to um, they, they don't do good. And then life changes and some of the, and these kids are great, man. I'm telling you, bro. I connect with I kid I connect with so much with these Great kids, kids huh? um, maybe because they like the same music as I am maybe because I'm still a kid but these Amen. kids are really good kids um, and you know I come from where my daughters are at Whitney or you know my other daughters at Cerritos uh, high school and they're good my kids are good kids they study they're hardcore they really want to you know they want to do best in life and then i have the opposite spectrum where some kids are lazy they don't want to do it they don't get it they don't they don't care you know there's but they have their every every kid has issues i had one kid his dad just passed away last week bro he just came back to school today after he, he passed away two weeks ago he's been gone for two weeks um and and he's he's one of our IEPs. I don't know if you know what an IEP is or yeah. So I have some IEP yes, students. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. These students uh-huh. are. I'm not gonna name school yeah. or or what you know the name. I can't say the name of the kids, but mm-hmm. you know they're they're they need more time when I give them assignments. I have to let them have more time. Those kind of kids. So, um, but these kids are dope, man. I'm telling you when I'm in my class and it sucks that it's social distancing, I'm going to talk for this, this year now, but just the way the kids are, um, some of them really want to learn. They're right. They're out there and they're like, yeah, I want to, let's do this. You know, I don't know what happened to me back then, but I want to do it now. Some kids are just like, they don't still don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. They just don't. So but their mom's probably watching over their asses yeah, right yeah. now trying to get them in line or else they can get shot and killed i got a lot of gangsters so um it's that that's just that life in that school district we've had a lot of fights when we were st- last year like it was the first time imagine this the first time actually being in a high school um teaching at uh at you know with these type of um kids and when they fight, man, it's pride. It's a pride fight, man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, they, they, these kids know how to squab, man. The girls, especially, they know how to squab, dude. The gangs, the, the girls are so, like, they're either very, like, one girl, I'm like, why are you here? Why are you here in this school? You shouldn't be here. You're such a quiet, shy, like, young person. And then the other girl next to her, she's a Samoan girl, she's like, man, you don't know her, Mr. David. She fights. She's a fighter. I'm like, you're a fighter? You fight? Yeah. yeah. She fights. And she just <laughs> nods her head and smiles. I'm like, what? Yeah, man. She like, last year, she got into like 16 fights. 
and and they they're telling me how they fight. I'm like, uh-huh. no, Mr. David, we don't pull the ha- girls' hairs. We hold their hairs to keep their head in place, and we knock them in the face. I'm like, oh shit, that's how they fight over there. <laughs> they don't fight outside. They try to fight in the bathroom so nobody will stop it. So the teachers won't stop it. That's how they fight there, dude. <laughs> oh, but. By the way, ladies and gents, I forgot to uh, throw this in. Uh, I'm so proud of Daryl too, oh, of the father he became. You know Much what I mean? Love. A real, a real dedicated father, man. Ha- handling business, man. You know, I respect that so much. And you raise some great kids, man. I'm so proud of all of them. Um, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so proud of all of them. And props to you and your wife for raising them right. Thank you, man. So, so yo, cuz so. No, no doubt. Oh, I, I ask all my guests this, man. What are the top three things you're taking away from 2020? Because it's been such a crazy year. Oh, watching God. this motherfucking debate last night, God damn it. Oh, it's, my it's, like, it's like watching your two neighbors fight, huh? It's like, uh, it's so how get how we gotta tell each other to right shut now? up. It's how crazy. ghetto is like, America right now? It is. How, how ghetto are we? So, cuz, what are the top three things you're taking away from this year, man? Something that you learned about yourself, something that you're learning about life. It's such a critical year. You know, part of the reason why I started the podcast is because I felt like right. 2020 needs to be documented. And I feel like if there's any time to tell my story solidified, not just on my albums, but in, in recorded conversation, I just feel like it's something for our kids to look back to, something for our, ans- our, our descendants, you know? It's just like yeah. I hope the episodes live on and we can look back at it Definitely. someday like wow that's right. that's this is where we were at in 2020 because it's it's oh a, it's a God, turning yeah. point in humanity it's a turning point in the co- it's a turning yeah. point in the country you know nothing is planned out there's no organization there's this no is the norm you know so what's we're crazy out right so anyways, now what we're living what, what, this mm. can, you know this pandemic the covid this is our new norm dude and we have to get used to it so the fact that we don't know what's going on with our um with our politics with with our president the fact that you know this mass stuff that people debating on it arguing about it and the fact that we're gonna have to be wearing this now probably for the rest of our lives and there's gonna be new masks that are gonna who whoever thought of a designer mask that we're gonna be wearing and i i bought two today I bought two designer masks from right. OG Slick. <laughs> OG Slick is like a tag artist. Like I collect, right, a, right, lot. Right, right. I collect a lot of his art pieces. But um, uh, I, I think it's just, dope. dude, it's dope. really dope. messed dope. up right now with everything that's going on. I just don't get it. But the takeaways for me for 2020, it's going to be like, I'm going to just sum it up in three words. Patience, love, and care three words because the patience you need amen, amen, to get amen, through amen. being in home with the same people and not being able to go out and enjoy patience of like not being able to see my dad for a couple months because I love him too much that I don't want to get him sick if we're like if we have it COVID you know God forbid that we go over there and then he gets it you know that's, that's crazy and you know you just gotta you gotta love your family before anything else, man. You know. Amen, sir. Oh man, so wow! It's like 
you ever look at your life and, and trip out like because you know I, I like interviewing cats who got mm-hmm. wisdom and I feel like with age comes wisdom I, do you feel like do you feel like in your life it has come back in full circle like wow I'm still in music I'm still teaching you know I'm still around speakers I'm still and yeah. because you've been like this since you were 12 been around and you ever trip out in your life like I'm an OG <laughs> for real because I pay oh, dues man. no like I'm saying like not a dish. I paid like, my dues, you pay, man. You pay I paid dues, my you know, dues. like I, like, I, I sweat. You I paid dues, man. For free for people. I sacrificed my ass, man. I DJed for free. I lowered prices. I, you know, I've seen, I, you know, in my world, in my eyes of what I've done, I paid my dues. Fuck that. Don't that's, tell me. That's mother- I got jacked. That's fucking you know? right. And that's what I love to hear. You know? People like jack you, you know? And it's just, I paid my dues, dude. Oh. Shit. Per- mm-hmm. Perfect segue. Uh, perfect time to ask. What are your top three business like tips for those who are upcoming young entrepreneurs tr- trying to start a startup? Um, what can you advise them in starting a business? Number one. What have you learned? Number one. Like top three things. Don't top trust three things anybody. you learned. When they start saying shit like your family, your family, uh uh-uh, they ain't your family. There's your business friends. That's what happens, bro. I'm not kidding. Been through it for 17 years. My family shit is because of money. So that's how, that's what that means. Okay. Um, um, number two is, number two, um, don't do everything by yourself. You got to. Don't don't take the whole load. No doubt. You got to disperse that. No doubt. No doubt. You can't I you can't do everything. It. I love you can't it. Do I everything love it. You no Share These your vision and let everybody like These um, gems. contribute to that vision and um, just just guide it. Amen. Amen. Preach. Preach. I preach. Think that's like preach. The, I love the most it. right there. Great content. What? And you know what? Mm-hmm. Learn, do, learn how to delegate. If you're learn not passionate delegate. about a business that you're mm. starting, don't don't even mm. think about you're going to try to be making money and shit. Mm. It's not going to happen. Mm. You have to have it must a passion come first. for that passion business, must man. come first. It's got to it be in your heart. Come first. There has to be a real... There has to be an intent. There has to be a positive intent. And that's the thing. There has to be a positive purpose. For me, there has to be an intent. When I had Bell One, like I have unique styles, those were the two pivotal points in my life right now. Bell One and unique styles. Aside from my kids and marrying my wife. Okay. Um, You have my mom passing away. That's another pivotal point. Um, Those are like highlights of my life that you can never forget. So, one thing for me is that I'm, I'm, I can't let go. I just don't give up that much. I, it, I try not to, um, like I'll retain things. Um, I'll like, for instance, unique styles. I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears in that. And I kept the name. I kept the name in some way. Okay. Amen. Bell one. I named that after my daughter. I don't even throw away. If I see a sticker on the floor or when I see anything that says Bell One on it, I don't throw it away. I just put it to the side because I can't throw away that part of my life. I just cannot. That meant a lot to me in my life. That took us everywhere. Made a, you know, and, and because with passion, I was able to make so much, you know, monetary wise, I was able to do things for the family, the kids. Um, 
there was one thing I can tell you, man, that I can say the best feeling when you have, when I had my business is being able to take your entire family out and pay for everything without no sweat, you know? Um, and, and, and I'm saying like, I'm saying the whole family, like 30 of us and just paying for the dinners. That is one thing that I've always wished for was paying for everybody's dinner. Cause I remember, man, I remember when pre bell one, we would sit there and try to figure out how much the, the bill cost and, and it, there's no better feeling than being able to say, I got it, dude. Let me take this. I got it. And I did that all the fucking time till you, this Darryl. day. I, I did that a lot. Uh, and and it's not best, just Darryl. bragging Generous. about it. It's just the knowing the fact that I was able to do it. I was able to do it. And it just felt good to be able to pay for somebody else's dinner. It's just, it was really an honor to do it, to, 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 to be able to get that far and be able because I've always wanted to do that. That was like one of my dreams, dude. Pay for somebody's dinner, give people free tickets to the events. Hey, yo, can you get can we get some free? I'm like, yeah, dude, of course, for sure. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah, was yeah. and that's you always, always part of any out. business. Yeah. You're going to have you you help people out. You got to help them out. I used to let people slide with their bills or mm-hmm. knock off 30% because they couldn't afford it work with their budgets and you know mm-hmm. damn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's uh okay where was I <laughs> yeah just the tips like the tips top you know like of the do's and don'ts and what are the top three don'ts I know you said don't trust people but what are what else what are the top three don'ts for the young upcoming entrepreneurs man trying to start something with the vision everybody got a vision you know i i feel like there's a you you know they're like you know what don't uh, how do i don't say be this? afraid to challenge at yourself. this point it, here mm-hmm. here's one thing like amen 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 we would amen. be asked to do gigs that i i would think they're well beyond me and then the brothers who are part of the business too they'd be like what the fuck are you serious like how are we gonna get that how are we gonna do that and i'd be like don't worry i got it and i got it I wasn't afraid to challenge myself. Big time. Don't be afraid of yourself. Challenge. Take it. You know, um, because that'll take you to the next level. You got. You need something that's gonna. To, try not to always be on that one level. Take it one step. Take your time, but take that next step and move up and just move up. You know. Amen. 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 I love it, man. I love, yo, it's oh, been such man. a great classic so episode. Here, because, I didn't even know you were really, um, like, I didn't know this you were doing podcasts. I'm like, this guy podcast? What? What the heck? Jesus. You got to go live, bro, with your podcast. And by the way, I know, like, you know what? Right now with the Anchor app, I, with the pandemic going on and living in San Diego, I just feel like if there's a way for me to put out content quicker, I, I love it because it's a total, it's it's a phone interview. I can totally conduct it where people are at. And um, I know right now I, it should progress to like being on live or video, but there's something cool and yeah, more intimate to I me, like just you. on the phone at the moment. It's, it's just, I, I just feel like... Uh, uh, my purpose for the podcast is like because how do I say this because um, you know being a rapper sometimes you have yeah. to be always be in front yep. you always have to be seen 
um, I'm approaching the podcast a little different. I feel like at this time, I just want my voice. And there's something cool about just my voice being heard. But this time, I wanted the story not to be on me, but to be to people. But I wanted the story to be focused on the people that I love, people that's helped me out tremendously. And ladies and gents, I'm going to tell you something, all right? Like, it's like... Yeah, he's my family, he's my cousin, no doubt. But he's also like a big homie. And what I mean is, like, anything I tried to pursue creatively, I would always check in with my cousin. Like, yo, cousin, what you think? And he would tell me, he would tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. So, as an artist, as a man, it's like, you need those people in your life, family or not. And it helped me so much as an artist, you know? Um, And... Uh, Daryl was always there for me for the for the bad times too. Yep. See, see, good people are, don't just come yep. around good times. People are there for the bad times when th- when I fall when they need a crutch. And if it wasn't for people like for my cousin Daryl, uh, I don't know how to cope. Sometimes, sometimes you need people to just vent to. You yeah. just need people to understand who you really are. And of course, uh, man, man, thanks for all the un- man, unconditional we, that's all love. That's all we got man. is um, each other. It's a, it's a, that's it. No matter what, family, when, when it when know, it all comes down to the very end, know, it's all we got is family. What there's, that's all you got, dude. It's just family. You got to remember who your family are. Blood is thicker than water. Your family is always going to be there. Your family is always going to be there. We got, you know, it's like every every fam got got ups and downs, but at the end of the day, it's like you know you can't front. It's like you gotta. You gotta be there for the fam. You gotta pick up, like something as you know. How do I say this? Something as small as responding back to a text or a phone call with the family. Even that sometimes it's like enough. You know, like wow, it's like even just a simple text back. Like, yep. All yep. that stuff really counts these days. You oh know? God. Especially in 2020, I definitely feel like I definitely feel like time is limited. Uh, I think it inspired me to start a podcast because I feel like you know, the album just came out. I got some time to kill to the next mixtape and next album. I want to turn the stories around to my peoples now. I want to show the the world like like who I fuck with and who holds me down, you know, because right, it's a right. big part of my music, you know, like you know, so I I definitely appreciate you, man. Yes, yeah. we gotta do Come this on shit my, live. Come on, my I can days, get you, you know, on Streamlabs, um, Twitch. Yeah, we could do Twitch. I can get you on Streamlabs and we could do one. Um, Saturday night, Friday night, it. where we're just chilling mm-hmm. late. I'll put you on. We'll go on, and then you know I'll play music in the background, and we'll just mess around. I'll play a beat, and then you just rhyme to the beat. Cousin, guess what? Um, October, so October 11th, I believe it's a Sunday, right? Um, October 11th is a Sunday. I got an interview oh. from from my old college professor. Um, my my old college professor, he was my um he was my mentor for my uh, internships. He's he agreed to do an interview. He's down, and uh, okay. I'm going to interview him October 11th Sunday. So yeah. definitely, maybe that Saturday Wait, are people night listening or to this right we now? can link up. And um, what? Yeah, I thought it was a recording. <laughs> but but oh. no no no, they're not listening to this right now. But okay, I'm recording okay. it. Yeah, I'm recording it right now. It's just wow. us. It's just us. But yeah, oh, I'm just saying like. I'll, I'll we'll talk about this off text, but yeah, like uh, I gotta see you soon because I gotta be. Laguna Wait, you know Hills, what? What are you doing uh, this weekend? Two Sundays from now. I, 
this weekend I'm gonna be in San Diego for work. This is I work. What, what you got going on? Yeah, we're gonna be in Oxnard. Saturday. We're gonna barbecue and just what, what chill. What y'all doing? For reals? I was wondering if you nice, can come, but nice. oh, you work till what time, bro? Uh, oh, I work Saturday till six. Saturday night. I know. So it's you guys celebrate Saturday, huh? To, but yo, like, cuz let's let's. It's still late. I mean, <laughs> dang, that's a long drive, dog. MD <laughs> podcast. We're like discussing plans right now. Like, yo, so yo, so we can keep going. It's like any other final thoughts, cuz for the people's out there listening. Any final make sure th- you any pick final up th- shout outs. My cousin's <laughs> newest album. <laughs> All right, um, I got I got one unreleased. Oh, that's man. or did you put it on your album? The one with uh, with um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, that that beat that you you hit me up on, um, or I hit you. Up. No, 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 no. It's uh, the reggae. The reggae what's his tip? name. Um, oh man. Oh, that's a mixtape shit. Uh, but if yeah. you're talking about the album, he's ladies and gentlemen, yeah, he's talking about go. Act Two. Act Two just came out all st- all streaming platforms, and um, yeah, I believe that I've been yo. I I sound my cousin's songs. All the one the time, that you you then, did over Metal you know, Face I'll, Doom. Oh, cause I'll send you. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's the last. That's the, that oh, was the last okay. mixtape. Dang, right you're always releasing out. stuff. Um, and I that's call insane. that mixtape. I I call that, yeah, I call that mixtape. The barbecue's canceled. It came out on July fourth, yeah. and then the album came out on August sixth on my Damn. birthday. That's my tenth album. Everybody tuning in out there, MD Podcast. It's my tenth album on the Underground Tip. Act two, twenty joints. It's out on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, YouTube Music, um, and I want to give a shout out to all the radio shows, all the all the blog sites in New York posting my posting my singles and posting my Spotify links and their websites. Uh, everybody out there, yeah. man, uh, spreading the podcast. Like I found out today, like three, four percent of my listeners are from Ireland. Like what? Like from Some my Spotify, Ireland? from my from my podcast. Oh, like what? Shit. There's people in Ireland. Ireland, what up? And um. Shout out to everybody man, subscribing to my podcast. I never would have thought a brother like me would start a podcast. I was, it's many, like, um, I just broad, wanted to uh, do it. I, just, I was like, I'm, I'm so in. Right now. Oh, okay. I got four episodes up Damn. on Spotify and Apple Music. And um, I got about, you are, you're, um, oh, wow. Your episode 12. You, an, you have an, you have to have an episode that we, and Eric is uh, episode that we play beats on, and then you're just rhyming over the beats. Just chilling. Yes, yes. Like, to, uh, I got some. I got some background beats. Like the, po- the politics in Spotify is crazy. Cause like, I got if I want to if I um, want to use background beats while we're talking, it has to be. It has to be non, like, unlicensed. Um, this is just for Spotify. Non, uh, though. It's not for everything. Music, just for right? Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. They're they're really striking down on that. So this app that I got, you know what I mean. I know, you know, it's crazy. There's, there's just politics about Spotify, but yeah. regardless, ladies and gents, if you guys are tuning in, the, my Anchor app it has the music like in sequencing, like the transition music. It cut, it has all that, but the Apple Music and Spotify version, oh, you won't hear right no down. transition music in between the conversations. But it ha- it still has background beats while we're talking, 
but every now and then I would play for example for the first episode I would say like the first hip hop song I heard was JJ Fad uh, Supersonic in 88 in the Philippines and for example if I take a break I'd play JJ Fad Supersonic I can do that on my Anchor app but on on the yeah, Spotify yeah. version they won't they won't play it it's it's really it's really weird but regardless man like this is episode Damn. I, I believe this is episode 12 uh Wow. I'm dropping two episodes a week. Um, I got I got some hip hop legends on the way. I got some hip. I don't even want to announce it. Like I got yeah. some Oxnard hip hop yeah. legends on the way, man. And uh, I'm humbled. People that I've worked with in the city, it means everything to me, man. To to get these interviews, man, because I just feel like everyone's stories needs to be solidified, yeah. right now. This is the year. This is the year that. The, 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 you know, the Filipino-American voice. Filipino we get to say our story. You know what I'm dude. saying? It is. October. You know what I'm saying? And like all the all, all the contributions of my fellow minorities out there, if no one's celebrating and giving us our flowers while we can still smell them, right. well, who the fuck's going to do it for us? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I just want to provide a platform for people to Thank just you, man, for tell their me story. Because I feel like everyone... No doubt, yeah. everyone has an inspiring story that, that that's in my life, you know? It's uh, people go through ups and downs and people don't give up. People are resilient. I love how people evolve. I love how people evolve, man. It's hip-hop heads yeah. do grow up one day and evolve, you know? And I believe that, you know? And we contribute yeah. to society in different ways, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it's been an ill... Episode. Anything no, no, no. You didn't cut me guys? off. What are you talking last, about? I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, I, I just want to say thank you to yeah, you. Yeah. Congratulations to you. Um, you're always taking things to the next level. Yeah. Thanks, you man. and I can't wait to like you let us or somebody interview you. I know you've been interviewed before, but <laughs> we need to know a lot about the story too yeah. about yourself. I know you tell it in between the stories. You know, but for you being and being what you're doing and like everything you do now for even kids, it's amazing that you do that and you're still carrying your hip hop roots. Like, you know, um, your culture, you're still you're you're still one of those people that just listen to the culture. I mean, you really are immersed in it and you try to spread the word. So people oh, need to know Thank that you. and I, and yeah. there's not that many people that do that what you do you have to be passionate about it like i said or else you ain't gonna get shit it ain't gonna happen no matter what you're passionate about it whether you're talking to one person or a thousand people you know you, you still gotta have that passion so and i gotta say this out there man you know what like what would mean a lot to me guys everybody tuning in um when I would do my shows in Orange County, I would do it at a bar, at a dive bar in Anaheim. Next Word thing up. I know, my cousins just pull up. You know, it means a lot, surprising me. If I do a show in Ventura, next thing I know, they just surprise me and pull up. If I get nominated for Ventura County Music Awards, like my cousin Fred, just, just like my cousin Fred just surprises me and pops up. And like, it means the world. That's very encouraging to me, man. Um, it's like, I, I just thank you for all the support. I, Always. You know, it's... Being an artist, it's a, it's a tough grind. But if you really love hip-hop, if you really love music, if you really got something to say, I think that's the key to longevity, you know? You got to keep it real to yourself and keep it real to, to, to the people's listening. And 
and like rap about what's in your heart. I just felt like that was yeah. always the formula. Yep. You know? Have you ever rap heard of a guy named Shinsaku heart? Beats? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a guy out there that you might want. Uh-uh. It's he got he's a, he's a dude that makes beats on Twitch, and I connected with him because he was making some crazy beats. And oh, that's right. Yeah, you played that played, to me last time I seen you at the party. Um, but yeah, yeah anyway, I, he, you should hook up with him. But yeah, yeah, what's up? So, cuz, yeah, thank, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Um, I'll, I'll let me, let me, let me get back. Let me talk to you. Yeah, this shit. So, yo, thank you, man. Are I you appreciate good? it. You good to cut this and right here? Make sure good. that was like tune in, Woo. and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast with Marlon D. You know, yo, plug your Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, pl- if you ever on Twitch, Twitch right now, one more time, twitch.com. Um, you can actually download it on your smartphone. You can download it on your your uh, what is this called? Amazon Stick. You can download Twitch on there, and it's twitch.tv <laughs> um, backslash DJ Unique Style. I kept the Unique Style name still. See, see what I got there. So. I kept that name. I had to put D. Amen. It sounds weird, but I had to put the DJ Unique Style on there because um, somebody already has my name, Unique Style, and somebody has Unique Styles. So I had to put the DJ Unique Style on there to keep to be able to keep that name. So um, check it out, Unique Style. I pop up maybe three times a week. Um, I'll probably be on tomorrow. Um, you know, and uh, I play a lot of hip hop. Um, you know the new shit that's out. I try to wait. St- IG. Oh, I got two IGs. Plug your IG. Uh, your IG follow guys. me at. <laughs> follow my art IG. <laughs> that's probably where you'll see a lot of me. Uh, a lot of my, you know, who I am. It's a, a King Mickey O. K I N G M I C K E Y. The letter O. King Mickey O. And you'll see a bunch of stuff on there. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Word up. being here. And, Bioy, if you're not doing anything Saturday, I would love to see you, man, at the party. The party's going to go on probably till midnight. You know, Thanks, I know you guys. get off late, um, but it would be nice to see you. If not, it's all good. I got you. And uh, we'll link up, dude. I'll visit. I'll visit you in Long you Beach in two down? weeks if, if, okay. if you're around because right. I got to be there on Sunday. Two Sundays yeah, from two, now. Uh, two okay. Sundays from now. So yeah, two Sundays. I got to I gotta be in Laguna Beach by 11.30 that Sunday because I got to interview my college oh, professor. Oh, you're going to interview your college that professor Saturday in night, of, not on the we phone. can do a Twitch session, you know? Damn. Yeah, wow. yeah. That's, that's dope. And uh, he's, my, he's my mentor. Um, one of my mentors in the Cal State Fullerton, man, um, he he meant a lot as far as like, you know, keeping me in yeah. the right path in, in this major and just opening yeah. the doors to like working with kids with autism, like because I was a human services major, had right. nothing to do with, with kids with autism, but that degree got me the job in, in working with kids with autism. Like right. it, that right. the degree helped to get my foot in the door and like, if it wasn't for people like so him, what's the, I, I what's probably the wouldn't degree have stuck to the major, you know? Yeah. Hello. So I went to Cal State Fullerton. Human I got services. a bachelor's okay. in um, human services. Uh, a double emphasis in like mental health and substance abuse treatment. Um, 
my first job out of college, I worked at a treatment facility for, for people that were stuck on crystal meth, and they were they were oh, mandated man. by court to finish the program. But then after that, the, a year after that, I just started working with adults with autism first, and then I moved to San Diego in 2010, and that's when I started working with kids with autism. And I've been doing it for 10 years now. Wait, you've been, San for you've been to San Diego like, for 10 uh, years? Bloom, yeah, 2010. Wow. I've been in San. I've been in San Diego since you know since 2010, and like, um, he he definitely helped me out, just guiding me in that in that those internship years, the critical two year internship. Like, if he made it fun, and I he's he's become he's he's aging, and I just want to visit him one more time, and it's it's important for me to get his story because he was right. a huge influence in my life, wow. just like you were, That's... bro. Man, just, bro, just like you are. You know? You're dope. You're so dope. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. My, my peoples, okay. man. My peoples. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's let's okay. look up two Saturday nights from now because I gotta be. I gotta be in the. All right. So yo, we're all planning. On <laughs> That's how podcast. we do it. That's Ladies how we when we talk. That's how <laughs> we, we actually we got, talk in real yo, life. Yo, I mean. I mean <laughs> I mean, oh, we're, we're not hiding on? nothing. We're just we're trying to plan. On. We're just trying to plan how to meet up. Um, Damn. Yeah, yeah, we're still okay. on. We're still on. We're still on. Um, but that's the point of the. That's the point of the podcast. At some point, I want my people to feel like it ain't even the yeah. interview. We're just this talking, guy, you know. Man, this boy with your but voice. um, sick voice. It's always suave. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I, you know, I, I I would always tease oh, him, man. and I would say. Yo, it's time for me to pump up the volume. <laughs> oh man, I remember that. And then you'd look at me like this motherfucker. Shut up. <laughs> oh man, too many, you're like, What's too up? many good Yo, times. It's time for man. me to pump up the volume. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Oh. Yo, yo, yo! Yes, yeah. I interviewed Eric. I interviewed Eric last night, right? And I love the perspective and like Oxnard history and like yeah, yeah. just just the '80s vibes and like I love hearing those stories, man. Like he was like, "But if you really want to get the rundown, some hip hop shit, you gotta get there." Like goddamn <laughs> oh, right, I gotta Oxnard get dark hip hop. So OG. There's so much more to say and pictures and videos and. You know, um, I know, right? Yeah, that's that's our lives. Growing up in Oxnard, it's so confined that when OX. something new comes out, you hear about it right away. Music, new anything, dude. It's just uh, it's such a classic. I remember we used to, um, we used, uh, dude. You know what? I remember we used to uh, do parties, and we would bid against um, <laughs> another DJ. Um, his name was. Steve Sharp. I, I know every. I know everybody remembers Steve Sharp. <laughs> yeah. God. He, we looked up to him That's back then basketball. Uh, um, as uh -huh, DJs because uh -huh. he had the best sound system ever, dude. Yeah. He was like he was the DJ. He knew what he knew what was up. But we were rivals with him. We were rivals. So back back in the days, man. Not too many. Not too many DJs. Uh, in that time in Oxnard, there was a few, but there wasn't a lot. Um, that's just how it was. But it was it was good. It was good times, and I'm still doing it. I'm not gonna lose the DJ setup. Yo, map. You know, 
Matt props, cuz. Yo, Andy Podcast, this, this has been a classic. Thank you, man. Classic, classic. Thank you. I can't wait to yes. put this out. Drive safe. All right, I yo, cuz, let me hit you back Drive after safe, this. All right, all right. Let, me, let me hang up. I press. All right, bro. I'm good. Let me press, let me press save and then I'm going to holler back. Right.